Ashley about reading Diana Palmer's book, Wyoming Rocket, Chapter 6. Blair had told Todd that he wasn't having supper with them. Nikki knew why, and it devastated her, but she couldn't let it show. Nikki, we aren't eating enough to keep a bird alive. Her father trying to do this is excellent steak, almost as good as what we raise ourselves, and you're just picking at it. Sorry, she said with a wink smile. I really do have a headache. I shouldn't have stayed in the sun so long. Laid down his fork and sipped red wine, giving her a long look. He and Janet are friends. Just friends. She looked up, fading surprise. Janet! <laughs> he smiled. I thought you were brooding because Blair wasn't eating with us. No, that's not it, she denied. Then had to rush to find an action. Mr. Jacobs had wondered why I got my job without going through the usual interview process. She held up a hand when he started to speak angrily. I told him that you asked Blair to have him hire me. He just wondered, that's all. He's a very nice man. Did you know that his daughter has rheumatoid arthritis? He shook his head, no. No, I didn't. Dan was giving him all sorts of helpful advice, like he's given me herbal compounds and diets that can actually heal what's wrong with Mr. Jacob's daughter and me. No doctors necessary. She had a little, good God. He's nice otherwise. Yes, he wants me to go on a hike with his nature group. I said I would. She looked up his went, Dad, I'll take all my meds with me and I'll be careful. Dan's right about one thing. I do pamper myself too much sometimes. No, you don't, he said in the worry showed on his face. Your lungs are fragile. Nothing is going to cure them, not with current medical technology. Your friend Dan sounds like a health nut. She laughs off. I suppose he does at that, but he's kind in his way. He thinks exercise will benefit me. I'm sure that you do just fine on a four-mile jog. He said dripping sarcasm. Oh, tat. I won't let him drag me on one. I'll fold after the first five minutes. I know that, even if he doesn't. All right. You make sure your cell's in your pocket. If you have a bad episode, we follow, we can follow GPS to find you and get you out of there. I will. She went a long breath and sipped more wine. Things had seemed to be going so well between Blair and Nikki. Now she was involved with this man who sounded like a complete lunatic, and Blair was cozy it up to her old flames. Sure, there was the age difference between Blair and Nikki, but he knew better than other people how little it mattered when love was involved. He'd been almost 18 years older than Nikki's sweet mother, and they'd loved each other with an anguish of passion right up until her death. Far too young, with lung cancer. She went inside, lung cancer. He'd seen her eaten up with it, undergoing surgery after surgery, chemo and radiation, and more chemo for almost two years until she died. Stayed by her bedside every minute. They diagnosed Nikki with asthma. He'd been miserable. She had weak lungs like a mother. He insisted on chest x-rays every other year just to make sure her lungs were all right. Her next x-ray was a few weeks away. He held his breath when she had them. Although her doctor found his obsessive touching, couldn't lose Nikki. It would be like losing his sweet wife all over again. He couldn't bear the thought. You're very more so, Nikki pointed out. Yes, yeah, sorry, it's almost roundup on the ranch, she said and looked at her with a suffering expression. It was enough to bounce her out of her own misery. She grinned. Let Tex take point this year, she said, referred to the cowboy. He was a range manager, a man who was only ever known by any abbreviation of the state he came from. He's already taken point, but decisions have to be made that only I can make, he pointed out. I suppose so. All the more reason to join this vacation why you can't. She had a look in her glasses parking lot. Cheers! He chuckled and touched his wine glass. 
cared. She replied and drained it. Nikki had long since gone to bed when Blair passed by their suite. All the lights were out, so he didn't stop to chat with her father. He was exhausted. Janet had chatted with him for several hours about her film career behind the cameras and her responsibilities and her miserable, lonely life. He smiled and pretended interest. Inside, he was agonizing over the way he treated Nikki. He should never have left himself, let himself be tempted. The damn bathing suit... <laughs> That undermined all his inward protests about their differences, but the worst thing had been the way he ignored her afterward. How hurt she must have been to have him push her away without even a word about what had happened, what he was feeling. He hadn't wanted to. He'd been hurting, overwhelmed and then anguished by his headlong response to her. He wanted to tell her how exquisite their passion had felt to him, how sweet and heady it was to love her like that. Though her first response to physical delight, it had been her first real taste of intimacy intimacy and he made it into a shameful memory her soft young body in that bathing suit would have tempted a saint he hadn't been able to resist her it was his lack of control that made him angry not Nikki shy attempts to gain his interest she gave him everything he asked for and he turned away from her with anger she hadn't even questioned his behavior apparently she thought that she disappointed him and she'd gone quiet no fuss no argument no woman in his life had ever been as gentle with him as Nikki was. He was used to temperamental, fiery women who never even thanked him for gifts, who took his interest as their due. It had never bothered him before, but Nikki was a new experience in many ways. He treated her shabbily. Now all he wanted was to make amends, but he didn't know how. She was still too young for him. None of his arguments could change that, but he couldn't afford to backtrack to let her think that he wanted more than a few minutes of passion with her, that he wanted forever he clapped down hard on his hunger he would find a way a kind of way to ease her out of his life with another woman he'd have set a diamond necklace of fur the keys to an exotic car none of those were likely to fate please a woman fell in love with a tiny strip of buckskin attached to a piece of deer antler her lack of affiance puzzled him losing her would just about destroy him as he sat down on the sofa in his feet he put his head in his hands and poured himself another whiskey if he drank enough of it he might get through the night. Next morning, Nikki went back down to the beach in her new bathing suit. She knew Blair wasn't going to come near her, but she did want to enjoy the surf and the sunshine and try to get over yesterday. She had hardly slept the night before. She felt Blair's mouth on hers, his body hard and close, wanting her. She could hear his voice at her ear, husky with feeling, whispering things that made her blush. She hadn't known what physical passion was. Now that she did, it caused an ache. And hunger that was almost painful. She wished that he never touched her because he'd wakened her to a whole new world of pleasure, then dropped her like a hot horseshoe. She was certain that she'd never understand men as long as she lived. When she got to the beach, understanding men was suddenly a real issue. Oh, baby, look at you. A shabbily dressed young man, cat called, staring at her, walking around her as if she wants to. Why don't you come back to my room with me and we'll see if we can break the box springs. She just gaped at him in her life. No man had ever made such true remarks to her. I don't know you. She put it out. Well, of course you don't. Got too many clothes on. You look like one hot little piece of tail, honey. He chuckled, come on. He grabbed her hand. She shook it off and backed away. The tail held in front of her like a shield. His face contorted. His eyes were blood red and he looked something. Drunk, maybe? Too good for the locals, huh? He's now what? What do you think you're doing walking around like that? He gestured toward her answer. No woman wears a bathing suit like that unless she's looking to get laid. Nikki was shivering. Was that what Blade had thought too? That she was offering herself up with no strings? She didn't know what to do. She had no self-defense training. There was nobody around that she could look to her help. 
Although any of the hotel's employees would come running if she screamed, she was about to, when suddenly a miracle happened. Oh, go, go away, you festering little fly, a harsh female voice said from behind her. The woman moved into view in one piece bathing suit with a long, gauzy cover up over. Shoo, go affiliate yourself on something else. The young man hesitated if he was shocked to be spoken to in such a manner. Janet raised a hand to her hotel steward and moved him to the beach. She smiled at the word young man. How did you like jail, sweetie? She purred. I'm sure they got a nice cell, but I'll bet you're already on parole, aren't you? Damn women. <laughs> the man took off running, going fast enough to almost overturn the steward on his way off the grounds. That man who's bothering you, senorita? He asked Janet. Not me, her, Janet indicated her flesh companion. You know who he is? Yes, I know, the employee said coldly. He comes here to sell drugs to the tourists. We know him, we, we know, and when we see him, we run him off. He has been mo most offensive to our female guests. Very sorry, I will speak to the police. That would be a good idea, Janet said. Thank you. Yes, Nikita, thanks very much. She was almost shivering with the upset. She turned to Janet at the hotel man left. Thank you, I... I've never been spoken to like that by me. I didn't know what to do. You're very young, Janet said gently. She was thinking that this poor child had been sheltered all over much by her father. Blair had said as much the night before. You don't know much about the world, do you, honey? I know a lot more this morning than I ever did before. He took a terrible chance, she added wordly. He might have hurt you. She shrugged. Taekwondo? Brown belt, her husband. He touched me and he'd been on his back unconscious. You might benefit from self defense class or two. I might, but I'm not sure it would help. All of a sudden, Nikki couldn't breathe. She looked in her small candy pack. Her inhaler took it out and used it. Breath came back with her asthma. Janet asked worriedly. Nikki nodded. She waited a minute and used the inhaler again. I'm on preventative meds. And I always carry my rescue inhaler. She's my way. I'm not. Couldn't help. I can see that. Janet had a very different picture of Nikki than she got this morning. She wondered if Blair really knew much about her. The medicine finally worked. Nikki picked up her towel, which she dropped in the sand during the episode with the man. Don't go, Janet said. Don't let that fungus spoil the day for you. Come lie down and talk to me. I don't know a soul at the hotel except Blair. Her smile was full of sweet memory. <sighs> Nikki tried her best to hide the pain in the gave her. My father's here for business meetings, she said without mentioning Blair. Are you part of that too? Oh no, I'm in film. Well, in filmmaking, she laughed. I'm down here with my company making a commercial for a software company. We've got a five, five world-class models and an A-list actor doing it for us. I worry that the cameraman will forget to put film in the camera. He actually drools when the girls are lighting up. <laughs> Nikki laughed in spite of herself. Well, that's a very good job. It is. I'd have to marry and have children, but Blair wasn't ready in those days. I never thought he'd marry at all. Then he found a lease. She found her teeth together. She should be hanged for what she did to him. <laughs> Nikki knew more about that than Janet probably did. He left her, was all she said. Or at least that's what Dad said. She added to make sure she wasn't telling Janet too much. He thought he did. She crewed him with all that illusions pretty quickly. You know that old saying, what you see is what you get? Well, that certainly wasn't the case. He had no idea what he was getting into. And to, until it was too late. Now she holds him up for more money while she caresses around the world, mixing with the jet set. Her father was a plumber and her mother cooked for a waitress. For a restaurant, she said. I guess I should like us. I guess I sound like a snob. She sounded Nikki. I'm not. My dad was a cop. My mother worked in social services. I didn't move in the fast lane either. How did you meet Blair? Nikki asked, trying to sound only mildly. 
I met his mother, she cracked laughing, in Starbucks. We talked and she must have liked me because she sent Blair down to the photograph studio where I was working to have a portrait done. We dated for a few wonderful weeks. You didn't want to get married, you said? No, she had her reply one. I ran out of ways to try to convince him. He was very stubborn. Business was all he lived for. That and his mother, whom he loved dearly, spent the rest of his life trying to make up to her for what her husband did to Blair. His father, you mean? Harrison wasn't his father, she said. His father died even before he was born. Harrison was rich and had oil wells. Fell in love with Blair's mother, who was pregnant, exquisitely beautiful and cultured. Moved in the same social circles as him. He charmed her in the marriage. Then when she had Blair, two callers began to show. He hated having to raise another man's child, especially when he learned that he was sterile and couldn't have children of his own. Made Blair and his mother pay for that. He punished Bernice by hitting Blair when she didn't did something he didn't like, at least until the day Blair grew ba- big enough to turn the tables and use the belt on him. After that, things were quieter at home. They were better off when Harrison died while they're trying to show one of his workers the right way to set up a rig. Sadly, or not so sadly, he did it while dead drunk and obviously oblivious to the fact that he didn't have the foggy idea of what he was doing. What a life he must have had, Nikki said once in his eye. Blair's never seen a good marriage, I guess, you know, so even so, any man can be tricked into it by any unscrupulous woman. Every time I saw Blair and Elsa together, she was wrapped around him like ivory, playing on his senses and pulling away. When he tried to get her in the bed, she said, I guess it finally worked, but she made him as miserable as his stepfather made his mother. She's still around too, isn't she? And Nikki asked her, at every benefit he ever attends, trying to get him back, came the shocking reply. Nikki's expensive expression spoke for herself. You didn't know. Janet asked me, I guess not. But your father's his best friend. I expect he knows. I hope he has sense enough not to be taken in twice, Nikki said. Me too. But then I have some ideas about that. She had was I thought you might invite me to have dinner tonight with you and your father, if you don't mind. She had coyly. And if Blair just happens to show up too, well, better me than Elise. She suddenly back on her towel, oblivious to Nikki's penguin. At least she showed me one foolproof way to get him to the altar. This time, maybe I'll have better luck. <laughs> Nikki did invite Janet to dinner. Then she phoned the airport, got a seat on a commercial jet, packed her bags, left a note for her father, and went home. She left the gold swimsuit in the trash can in the room. She knew that she'd never have the nerve or the stomach to wear it again. Todd and Blair came back to their rooms after a long day of discussion about drilling for oil in the Yukon. That had been favorable because Blair's reputation in the oil industry was well known. He wasn't a polluter. Todd ran a business that supplied equipment to oil corporations, so he was in talks for the same reason. Mexico had its own oil interests, and Todd was hoping to branch out into a bigger market. That went well, Todd said with a worried one. Now maybe we can enjoy the rest of our vacation without business interfering. I hope so, Blair said. He was dreading seeing Nikki. Neither of them was going to be able to hide their discomfort from her father, and that would lead to questions he didn't want to answer. They stopped by Blair's suite where they reached their floor. They were sipping whiskey and discussing dinner venues when there was a knock at the door. It's probably Nikki looking for me, Todd said with that. <laughs> the meeting did run late. Yes. Yes, they did. He stilled himself not to react when he opened the door, but it wasn't Nikki. It was Janet in a silky silver cocktail dress, looking very expensive and pretty. Am I late? She asked. Late for what? Blair said. Dinner, of course. Nikki invited me to eat with all of you. Janet said and smiled. Blair's heart's giving. 
Where did you speak to her? On the beach this morning, there was a little unpleasantness. She had it. One of the local drug dealers made an obscure play for her on the beach. I made him leave her alone, and I called one of the hotel stewards to run him off. Poor thing. She had herself. She was shocked. It brought on an asthma attack. Thank God she had a rescue. Dealer. Who was it? Bill Ayers barely able to contain the utter fury he felt. Janet saw the expression on his face and all her hopes died. He was livid and all their time together he'd never been like that when Janet was badly treated by anyone, although he'd been supportive. This wasn't supportive, it was homicidal. The hotel steward knew him, she said uneasily. He's a local drug dealer. Blair jerked out of cell phone and started punching in numbers. His eyes were blazing like black coals. Thank you for what you did for my daughter, Todd said with a smile. He was reeling from Blair's reactions. What had happened had told him things Blair never want never would. I like her, Janet said. She's very fragile, isn't she? She had like thin porcelain, just as brittle, just as beautiful. Her mother was like that. Todd said the pain of loss to one's eyes. I lost her when Nikki was very young. You never thought of remarrying, Janet asked. She said, well, never. I have memories that will last me until the day I die, and her name will be the last thing on my lips even then. Janet tapped down on hard on her feelings. She couldn't imagine emotion that deep, that lasting. Even with Blair, whom she loved, there had never been such intensity. She glanced at him covertly. He was giving somebody hell on the telephone. In perfect Spanish, finished the call, hung up, and made another. I'm all, I almost feel sorry for the drug dealer, Janet. That tongue thing's so. So do I. Blair's like a train going down a mountain when he wants something badly enough. I should probably be making those calls, but my Spanish isn't half as good as his. He grimaced. My poor Nikki. She's so unworldly. It's not a bad thing in this day and age, Janet. I suppose not, but I've sheltered her maybe too much. She's 22, but her experiences with men have been pretty daunting. Blair saved her from a bad experience some years ago and sent the portrait to run it. Had my turners run him out of the state. He leaned toward her left on I thought Blair might hurt him if I didn't. He didn't let Nikki see, but he was furious. Knocked the guy around a bit before he threw him out the front door. When I got home, Nikki was curled up in his lap in an armchair. That was when he was engaged to Elsa or Eliza. And looking forward to a happy marriage, made face some happiness she gave him. I know his mother would have hated Elise. She had it. He was staying with us and got sick just before Christmas one year. While they were married, Nikki made him call, make. Made me call Elise and tell her how bad he was. She said she had a party to go to and sick people disgusted her. Future nature, Janet said going. So Nikki nursed him, risked pneumonia just to take care of him. The doctor and I protested, but it didn't no good at all. Janet was getting a clear picture of the relationship between Nikki and Blair, and it did nothing for her ego or her plans for the future. There was something powerful between the two of them. Apparently, Blair was fighting his own feelings tooth and nail. Nikki. I pretended not to care when Janet told her about her plans to seduce Blair and must have heard her. Blair was off the phone. He put it back into the order on his belt. His eyes were so wet. I've got the police looking for him. He's on parole for assault. He'll go back. I promise you he will, no matter what it takes. Nobody treats Nikki like that. Todd moved close to him. Put a hand on him. Calm down. He said, they'll find him and he'll be dealt with. But we need to talk to Nikki. I'm sorry. Now that I suggested this trip, he had said I only wanted to give her a holiday. Blair felt the guilt all the way to his toes. He had hurt Nikki probably more than the drug dealer had. He dread facing her. I suggested some martial arts training when I ran the drug dealer off. Janet said as they left Blair's room, walked toward Todd's room. I'm a brown belt in Taekwondo. Might help build up her self-confidence, toughen her up just a little. He ran him off. 
hilarious. You know, poor little thing. She was too shocked by the things he said to her. It was painful to watch. Thank you for helping. Blair said quietly. He could hardly bear the pain he felt at letting Nikki out of his sight. The way he behaved had hurt her. He knew. Now this only added to her pain. He had to find some way to apologize. To explain. To move over what he'd done to her. He never should have touched her in the first place. He blamed her. Blamed the bathing suit that showed so much of her creamy skin. But in the end, the only blame was his own. He had nothing to offer her. And he let his body dictate to his brain. And it had been, in many ways, the sweetest interlude of his life. But Nikki couldn't know that. He had to find a kind way to keep her at arm's length to protect her, to protect her from himself. Nikki, Todd called when he walked into the suite. There was no answer. The door to her room was open. She said she had a headache. She might have gone to lie down. I'll check. He opened the door. Blair was right behind him, but the room was empty. Blair's eyes looked around it and landed on the chest of drawers. There was a note beside the chest in the trash can. It was a bathing suit toward the beach. Blair's teeth ground together. Todd had spotted the note too. He read it with a grimace. She's gone home, he said to me. I guess it was too much for what happened this morning. Walked back into the scene. I'm going to call and make sure she's getting home okay. Blair was staring at the trash can, his face hard and lined. Janet moved beside I told her that you'd been, that we'd been a night of once. She fessed in the door quiet tone. She looked up at him, her keen eyes not missing the expression that was just you know how she feels about you, Blair? She's a child. Thought her my best friend. That's all she is. He managed to close my... She's infatuated with me. Last year, it was a singer in a pop band. After that actor in a lawman series on TV. He chuckled, making sure there will be somebody new by Christmas. Oh, I see. She back. Well, Todd came back. She's landing in Billings now. I sent texts there to pick her up. Bill, I Texas, wait on her. Yes, he is, not that. For all the good it will ever do him. He doesn't get out much, and Nikki's usually around, especially during Roundup. She actually goes out with the men to watch the branding. He goes, dust everywhere, and I can't stop her. At least I convinced her into wearing a surgical mask. Claire turned away. He glanced at the bathing suit inside. Well, we might as well go to dinner, Todd said. Janet, you coming? Yes, if you don't mind, she said. We're happy to have you. You do go ahead. I've got another phone call to make. We'll wait to order until you get there, Todd said. His order made us take us out of rare, mind shoot. Rick said, no dessert. Okay, we'll do. Janet, Todd took her arm and led her out into the hall. Once they were gone, Blair picked up the gold bathing suit out of the trash. She looked at it, remembering how Nikki had looked in it. How sweet it had been to touch her, hold her, kiss her. touched the sweet, the suit tenderly with his lips. and took it back to his own suite and stuck it in his suitcase. Penner was quiet, very quiet. Blair was brooding. Todd was worried about Nicky. Couldn't hide it. He was worried about Blair as well. Before he made the phone call, he'd gone back to ask him what sort of dressing he wanted on a salad. Blair had been standing by the dresser with Nicky's discarded bathing suit in his big hands. So he watched the younger man touch it to his lips with a tenderness he'd barely ever seen in him. Todd went back out quickly before his friend even knew he was there. Look on his face, unguarded, and told him everything. He was in love with Nicky. Desperately in love, fighting it with his whole heart. Janet tried to brighten things up in dinner with party talking jokes. He was still upset about Nikki's encounter with the drug dealer, but he didn't want the girl forever. He made that clear. Janet still had a chance, and she was going to take it after dinner while they walked on the beach. She told him about the conversation with Nikki. 
adding that the younger girl had said she was going to make a play for Blair and see if she could lure him into marriage. That was why she wore the seductive bathing suit. Blair didn't say a word. He took her hand in his and asked her how the commercial she was making was going. Janet felt a twinge of guilt. Nikki was frail and couldn't really hide how she felt about Blair, but this was war. Janet had seen him first, so to speak, and she wasn't going to give him up without a fight. Nikki looked around for texts at the Billings Airport on the Rim Rocks. It was a small airport, but very modern, very nice. She had a suitcase with wheels, easy to roll. She was feeling miserable and just wanted to go home. Tex came around the corner, smiling from ear to ear when he saw Oh, kid. He teased using his pet name for Glad to be home in civilized surroundings again. Civilized and cowboys are words that go easily together. She said, oh, thanks for coming to meet me. Your dad was worried. Weren't you supposed to fly home with him and Mr. Coleman on Monday? I had a bad experience on the beach, she said, and putting her eyes as a spoiled the trip for me. <laughs> Put the suitcase in the back of the big black Ford truck he drove and turned to her, pushing his Stetson back over to him. What sort of bad experience yet? His pale blue eyes flashing in the same thing. A drug dealer on the beach made some vulgar remarks to me and tried to get me to go to his room with him. Damn, I hope your father has the police lock him up for the rest of his miserable life, he said harshly. He smiled gently. Tex was only a few years older than she was, but mature and kind and patient. She's like, well, thanks, Tex. So do you. All that Mr. Coleman didn't punch him. He mused when they were in the truck heading home. The way he did that stupid football player a while back, he added on trouble. He was busy at the time, Nikki said, making sure her voice sounded normal. He and Dad were in a business meeting with some Mexican officials. I went to the beach alone, but Blair's old girlfriend showed up and made the man leave with some help from one of the hotel stewards. She's nice. I guess if Blair married her, it wouldn't be so bad. At least she'd far and way a better match for him than that vicious ex-wife of his who left him sick and refused to give up a party to come see about him. You get hot about him, don't you? He muses. He's a good man. One of my friends worked for him. He's a drill rigger. He said that Mr. Coleman would shed his fancy suit jacket and get right out there to work with men when there was a problem with one of the rigs. He's fair and honest, and he treats his workers well. That's what Dad says, too, she agreed. The casual remark that she got hot about him was true, but she didn't want to talk about it. Text her in her breath when he glanced at her and saw Harry as his sister who works at the restaurant downtown. He said she mentioned that she saw you and Dan Brady there. Yes, she said. I ordered fried fish, and the battle began. She said, so, you know, anything that tastes good is especially bad for you. We should all be eating alfafritio sprouts and taking herbal supplements. He's drunk. You got a fever or something? She chuckled. That was Dan's attitude. I have asthma because I don't exercise enough to eat the right food. She glanced at him from under her eyes. A man who wants to change you doesn't love you. He replied. She's mildly. You're very perceptive, Tex. I'm a student of human nature, he replied. Plus, I did a few courses in psychology when I went to college after the military. <laughs> you never mentioned that you were in the military. Never talk about it, he said. I was in Iraq. I see. The fighting was pretty brutal. Some things get to you. She studied his lean, handsome face. There were more lines in it than she realized. He wasn't as young as she first thought. I thought you were only a couple years older than me, but you aren't, are you? She said, I'm pushing 34. She said, old and ancient, aren't you? Do you... Do your poor old boats quick with your move? He teased me up. They do. I was in an armored vehicle when the lead vehicle and our convoy was hit by an IED. He his breath awesomely. We all caught some shrapnel. I got mine in the hip, so I can tell you really accurately when it's going to rain. He had bone injuries, arthritis in the joints. I'm sorry. I didn't mean stop that. He chuckled. He looked at her with warm stuff. 
everybody has scars, kid. Some are deep. It's my fault. Hurt deep. Heart deep. He added as he knew how she felt about Blair. Sound of burst in her hands. Stated in some. Yes, yes. Some are very deep. She turned her eyes to the pasture as they approached the turnoff to the ranch. They didn't speak again. End of chapter six.